When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, on a Saturday edition of The Yard. I had hoped to record yesterday, but uh, so here's the deal. Just so you guys understand, I made the trip to, uh, looks like I'm coming in a little bit hot here. Let me, let me, let me, let me get you guys leveled off here a little bit. So I, uh, I had a book signing in Meridian on Thursday, and when I got down there, I said, you know, I got to be in Columbia on Friday, so why don't I just go ahead and make the trip down? I'll stay in Hattiesburg or whatever. So that's what I did. And I uh, didn't have the toiletries or clothes or anything. So I had to go buy all that stuff. And uh, the book signing last night ended up going much sweeter than I expected. And so I didn't bring my gear with me. I didn't have my recording stuff. I didn't have my laptop. So I apologize for being a day late. I'm, matter of fact, I woke up early so I could rush back to get this show recorded to you guys before I head over to another book signing. Matter of fact, I'll be at the lodge today, I guess, from 12 to 4, right there on Highway 12 in Starkville. And on Sunday, I guess from noon to 3, I'll be at Book Martin Cafe downtown. So if you're in Starkville this weekend for the game and you've been needing to get personalized copies or signed copies of any of my books, you can do that at the lodge or Book Martin Cafe this weekend. And I look forward to being with you guys. It's been a busy stretch for me. Uh, there's also, two every book signing, somebody says, Hey, Steve, when are you recording the next episode of I Am Steve R? Number one, that is very, uh, it's very rewarding to hear that people value that other podcast that I do. You know, it's about recovery. And, um, you know, it's just kind of me talking about, you know, what it takes to get sober and stay sober. And I uh, picked up my 29-year chip yesterday. And uh, it has been quite the journey. It's been an emotional week for me in a lot of respects just because of the fact I've been so busy and I've been on the road and then we've had so much going on trying to cover recruiting and the, the final stretch, the National Signing Day. We're going to talk some recruiting today. But I always make time to go back to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is where I got sober, and I make an annual pilgrimage down there just for that very reason, to go by and pick up my chip and kind of see some people I hadn't seen in a year or so. And uh, it's just important to me. And so I hope that you will begrudge me but for being a little bit late in the week, and I do apologize because uh, I try to keep a pretty rigid schedule. And times may be off some, but I try to always do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday deal. Doesn't always work out the way that I plan. But here we are. I promised you three shows a week. You're going to get three shows. This is show number three. Pretty cool top ten list today. One of America's great rock bands. And uh, I've already sent the list to Royce. So the uh, the playlist will be out there, and you guys are listening to those playlists, which is incredible to me. Uh, so glad you guys are enjoying that. I have people every single week that send me top 10 list suggestions, and I have other people that say, you know what, Steve, I am still digging this Cool in the Gang playlist. Steve, I am still enjoying this new edition playlist. Steve, I love the Hall & Oates playlist. And so, Roy, thanks for doing that. I want to thank all of you guys for your support over the years. Man, it's been a wild ride. And I, I reflect on that. Around this time every year, I guess maybe it's because I go pick up a new chip, I always reflect on you know, what's happened in the past 12 months. And, man, it's been a wild ride. It's still a wild ride this year for all of us. But we're going to hopefully play some football later today. And uh, no reason to think that we won't. I'm excited about it. I'm eager to get going. And uh, so, I'll, again, I'll finish the show up. We'll post it on Gene's page, and I'll run to the book signing, and then we'll get over to Davis Wade Stadium and hopefully watch the Mississippi State Bulldogs take down the Auburn Tigers. Bulldog Burger Company, they're happy to help you. If you're on your way to the game now, go by Bulldog Burger Company and get some pre-game grindage on, bro. It's uh, Bulldog Burger Company, a great place to go eat, great food, great prices, great portion, great atmosphere, part of a great family of restaurants right here in the Golden Triangle that has served us for many, many, many years. They know all about feeding folks. Go by, let them take care of you. Now, two locations to serve you. Right here on University Drive in Start Vegas and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Have the spring rolls. Have a great restaurant-quality hamburger. And if you're looking for a place to go today, maybe you don't have tickets to the game and you just want to congregate with other Bulldog fans, look no further than Bulldog Burger Company. They're happy to, to accommodate you and your group. You can go in, have an adult beverage, and, uh, and cheer for the Bulldogs. All right, let's get into some recruiting stuff here before we get too carried away. So, so here's the deal about uh, Simeon Price. 
So we expect Simeon Price to go public with his verbal commitment to Mississippi State at some point this weekend, maybe first of the week. Simeon Price is a running back, wide receiver, hybrid type guy. He was committed to South Carolina. And, uh, you know, word has it that he is going to uh, announce his commitment to Mississippi State uh, here in the next uh, little bit. And uh, that's big news on a couple of fronts. And let me, let me explain to you why that is. Number one, Mississippi State only expected to take one receiver, pardon me, one running back in this class. Price is a guy that is just under six feet and just over 200 pounds. Uh, he rates an 87 by the 247 composite. 247 has him as an 88, but rounding the industry averages, he's an 87 uh, 2 2. And so, what's committed to South Carolina? And here's the deal you can say, well, Will Muschamp's not a great football coach, and there won't be a lot of people that will disagree with you. But Will Muschamp's a great evaluator of talent, he's been a pretty good recruiter. And so, Simeon Price is a the guy they liked. He is a guy that can play the slot. He's also a guy that can play running back. And so the word is State's going to take him as a running back and then use him, of course, as a receiver out of the backfield. And that might be the way we go more times than not during the Mike Leach era is you go get a guy that is an all-purpose back rather than just kind of a one-cut runner that runs between your tackles. And so I suspect this Simeon Price-Jarquez Hunter deal is an either-or situation. I know a lot of people in Mississippi, big fans of Jarquez Hunter, but, you know, here's the deal. He's had every opportunity to commit, and uh, Mike Leach and them have got to make some decisions. You know, signing day is Wednesday, and uh, it's kind of like we talked about with some of the players. Either you're in or you're out. We go back to the beginning of this, you know, back during the um, midnight maneuvers deal. You know, there was, the workouts were pretty intense, and some of the players were kind of bucking a little bit, and, and uh, you've seen evidence of that, you know, as the season has gone on. But there was one player in particular, I'm not going to mention the name, it's not important. But he texted his coach and said, hey, coach, I need to have a meeting with you. He goes, oh, what's the meeting about? He goes, well, I want to talk to you about some of these workouts. He goes, nope, there's no need for a meeting. Either you're in or you're out. And so we've seen that in workouts. We've seen that during the season. And we've seen that in recruiting. Mississippi State is going to recruit players that want to be at Mississippi State. Now, that's not the only prerequisite because there's a lot of people that want to be at Mississippi State that aren't talented enough to play at Mississippi State. But it is clear at this point, Simeon Price wants to be at Mississippi State. And so if he wants to come now, and there was talk early on about him signing in February, perhaps he'll go ahead and sign in December. I don't know yet. We haven't spoken to him since this news broke. But let's say he's like, you know what, Coach, I'm done. I'll go ahead and sign in December. Well, you're not going to wait around on a guy that wants to sign in February at the same position. If you're only going to take one and you've got one ready to go now, you pull the plug and make the move. That appears to be what's taking place. Now, for those of you that are curious about the offer sheet, I know some of you are. That's kind of an old Miss thing. You know, we always wonder about it's not just enough to get the player. We've got to beat somebody else for him. And so Mississippi State will, of course, take down South Carolina, Arkansas, Boston College, Cincinnati, Colorado State, Florida Atlantic, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Kansas State, uh, Louisville, Michigan State, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, that's always good, South Alabama, Tennessee, Troy, South Florida, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and others currently listed you know, with 22 offers. So this is a guy that had some options and was committed to a South Carolina program. And so I guess if we're going to use maybe the Ole Miss definition, uh, it's Mary Flipmas, right, which is so stupid. You know, if, if a kid gets dropped or a kid decommits and then commits to another school, he just you just got a commitment. I don't know why it's not enough just to, say, to announce the commitment. You know, we got to have this dog and pony show. But uh, so Mary Flipmas, Bulldog fans, it appears we're flipping one from South Carolina, even though he decommitted shortly after the, uh, the coaching change. But by the new definition, the loose and fast definition of Flipmas, this goes to show you how desperate some people can be. Uh, we'll call this a flipmas too. It's absolutely stupid. All right, so what's next for State? Okay, so if we get Simeon Price here in the next day or two, uh, Antonio Harmon, of course, is a guy that has announced that he will make his public commitment on Monday. All indications at this point is that'll be Mississippi State. Uh, I'm excited about it. I've always been a fan of Antonio's game. I wasn't sure he was the best fit. But now that we have had the chance to see the air raid, this year at Mississippi State and kind of see how they're using the receivers. Yeah, I can see a role for him uh, in this offense. You know, we, some people have kind of 
I mentioned on the message board some phrases that I've used on here, you know, that he's his own buster. You know, he's a guy that uh, 6'4", 205 pounds, decent speed, but he's a guy that can catch the ball on that 7-9-yard curl and then fall forward and move the chains. Currently ranked as the fifth best player in the state of Mississippi, 49th wide receiver nationally in the top 300 players nationally. He's got several offers, too. Uh, I guess he has a dozen or more. Let me run down what's available, you know, what, what he's claimed at this point. Uh, Georgia, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Texas, Oregon, SMU, Southern Miss, Tulane, Virginia, and others, uh, including uh, Louisville. So he's another guy. And it's so funny, too, we always talk about the offers. You know, well, you know, I don't know what's committable and what's not. I don't know why we have to try to explain away success. If we go out and get a good player, we went out and got a good player. When it's fourth and goal on the one in Tuscaloosa, it's not going to matter who offered him. It's going to matter, can he execute? Can he move the chains? Can he make a play to win a ball game? That's what matters. And sometimes we get caught up in the sideshow uh, and say, well, you know, you know, we won this kid and we got this kid and, and let's go chase this kid for rankings and that sort of stuff. At the end of the day, recruiting is part of a bigger picture. It's part of a much bigger picture. It's called winning football games. You go sign the best players you can possibly get in hopes they give you a competitive advantage to go win a football game. And there, there are some people out there that love football recruiting and then football in that order. I love football recruiting too, but I understand it is a means to an end. It is a means to help us go win football games. And so at the end of the day, I don't care who else wants Antonio Harmon. If Steve Spurrier Jr. believes that he has a role in this offense, if Mike Leach believes that he can utilize his skill set to help Mississippi State win football games, that's good enough for me. I don't need Ole Miss, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia and everybody else playing footsie with a kid in the final days to make me feel good about getting them. I'm not that insecure. I just want to go get win football games and get good players that can help us do that. I believe Antonio Harmon does that. I believe Simeon Price does that. I believe Jarquez Hunter could do that. You know, my concern all along with Hunter, I've been to see him play three times. And uh, I, the first time that I saw him, I said, hey, this guy's probably a G5 running back. Workhorse type kid, has some good foot speed, but not especially explosive. You know, he's not a guy that gets, you know, into the open field and just absolutely runs away from people. At times he does. But I felt like, you know what, this is a guy that could go to Memphis or Southern Miss or Arkansas State, UAB, somewhere like that, and have a good career. I didn't think he was an SEC running back. When saw him again this year, I was a little more impressed, but I didn't think, you know what, this guy's going to be a difference maker. But when you look at the fact that we have a couple freshman running backs, he could add a different dimension to that. So I, I'm okay with taking him. You know, I am. I don't think that he's a guy that's going to be, you know, the bell cow of the offense because that's not how the offense kind of, kind of runs. You know, it reminds me a little bit of Ladarius Perkins, but without the same foot speed. You know, Perk in the open field was going to win that race every time. And, you know, and, and I had a discussion with a good friend of mine, too. You know, listen, Mississippi State fans, you know, we ought to understand we get value out of three-star running backs. We do. Vic Ballard was a three-star running back. Couldn't get four stars for him. He had a very limited offer sheet. Remember, remember that guy, Vic Ballard? I think we beat out South Florida and Troy for him, or maybe just Troy. I mean, he didn't have many offers, but he came here and was a tremendous player for Mississippi State and went to the National Football League. You know, Josh Robinson, everybody loves the bowling ball, right? Three-star running back out of Louisiana, out of Franklin. You know, leads us to uh, number one and then uh, goes to the National Football League. You know, so we have found value in running backs. That's one of the things, and we talk about our, our, our defensive pedigree. We've done a great job developing running backs over the years. And we've had some other guys that have been kind of highly recruited that didn't pan out quite as much. I'm not going to mention those names because I don't want to throw any shade in their direction. But, you know, we have done a good job utilizing running backs as a part of our offense. And a lot of those guys have been three-star guys. You know, I, I don't know if we've ever signed a five-star running back. Maybe David Fair. I don't know. Dante Walker, I guess that's probably – Dante Walker was at one point the uh, number one player in the country regardless of position. That's probably the highest recruited running back we've ever signed. And we signed Montreal Connor out of uh, Wichita, Paris as a four-star, Under Armour All-American. Stiff, couldn't move, didn't work out for us. Couldn't catch a ball in the backfield. Ultimately transferred. 
But when we've had these guys, you know, like the Vic Bowards and Ladarius Perkins and those type people, we've, we've been able to create value in them. And so I believe if we signed Jarquez Hunter, that would be the same thing. But I do believe Simeon Price, Jarquez Hunter, is an either-or deal. It is a one running back class, as it should be, because these two four-star, these two four-star running backs we got playing right now as freshmen are going to have four years of eligibility left. And I think our running back recruiting, the way we're doing that, will change. You know, we won't necessarily go out there and get those four- and five-star type out-of-state running backs because they want to carry the football. We're probably going to do some of this where we go get a running back, slot receiver type hybrid guy and let him line up at the running back position. We'll give it to him some. We'll throw it to him some. You know, And we need a guy that's versatile like that. We don't need a one-cut runner that's between a tackles guy. We need a guy that can make plays in space. We can swing it out to him, one the wheel route and that sort of stuff. And so it makes sense to go get a guy that maybe has a running back body but a wide receiver pedigree. And so that's kind of what Simeon Price is, and uh, I think that he would do a good job for us. Again, that commitment not public just yet, but uh, the word kind of here behind the scenes is that Simeon Price uh, from Florida is going to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. And uh, I think that's a really cool thing. I look forward to, uh, to that commitment coming out. And Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop a new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Uh, you're kind of looking at where we are recruiting-wise right now in the, in the team rankings. You know, we have talked at length about the possibility of having a top 25 class. Mike Leach never had one of those. Mike Leach has never had a top 25 class. And you've got some room to operate right now. Mississippi State currently ranked 32nd. So you're seven spots out. But looking ahead here, you know, NC State's right there at 19. They got one more commitment than us, and they're just barely ahead of us. Like one, They're 200.45. We're 198, almost 199. Uh, Minnesota's probably going to stay there. Virginia with 23 commitments is at 27. Mizzou is at 26 with 21 commitments. 
you know, so we'll we'll definitely pass them. Pittsburgh is at 24th with 21 commitments. Maryland's 23rd with 21 commitments. Uh, Arkansas, 19 with 20 commitments. You know, so, you know, as we begin to kind of clean up the green here, we're going to ease back up in the rankings. In the 247 rankings, we're 29. In the 247 composite, which is the mean of the industry averages, we're 32. And so Mike Leach has a very real chance to sign his first top 25 class at Mississippi State under some incredible circumstances. And so that's kind of what I'm looking for. I know many of you are saying, hey, well, Ole Miss, I'm, you got these commitments and that commitment that jumped ahead of us. Yes, they did. It's going to be close in the end. It is. You know, again, Ole Miss people put a lot of value on the recruiting rankings. But at the end of the day, here's what I want to say. Uh, they have beaten us, quote, and quote, beaten us in the recruiting rankings more times than not over the years. And what has it really profited them? Well, you know, it got them on probation, and, and then they go out and sign one of the best signing classes in school history and get A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Shea Patterson. And while those guys had pretty good careers, they didn't have a single winning season, didn't go to a ball game. And so, again, let's focus on Mississippi State. Let's focus on the fact that we could sign a top 25 class. We've only had two here in the last uh, – you know, 15 years or so, Dan Mullen only finished in the top 25 twice, according to 247. And so, and that was his first class and then that 2015 class. And so we have a chance to do that. Uh, and I think that's the, that should be the focus. Let's don't have Ole Miss envy here, recruiting ranking envy. Let's look at the fact and say, you know what? You know, Mike Leach is a guy that has uh, won a lot of football games, signing classes in the 40s and 50s. And now all of a sudden, he's in a, a, a better recruiting area geographically and he's taking advantage of that and again it's a down year in the state of mississippi and then you look at what we could be next year because i think we can all agree right now we are improving but we need to see it on the scoreboard right yeah we've been competitive and we've had a couple of moral victories and at the end of the day that you know that doesn't count in the win loss standings we need to go be able to put up a win or two here at the end now before i get into preview in the weekend let me remind you of this mississippi state is part of the southeastern conference The Southeastern Conference had 12 bowl tie-ins out of 14 teams, 12. Then the Las Vegas Bowl canceled. Well, then the SEC, under the direction of Greg Sankey, signed an agreement for this year with the Armed Forces Bowl. So now all of a sudden you got 12 bowl tie-ins again. And again, we got 14 teams. Well, LSU now ineligible. They have self-imposed a bowl ban for this year. I laughed and people said, oh, well, they do that when they're not going to a bowl game. No, they were going to a bowl game. Matter of fact, Scott Woodward, AD for LSU here just a couple weeks ago, so they expected to play in a bowl game. And a lot of that's just kind of by default. Well, now they've got a bowl ban. So they're out. Vandy is winless. They're out. So Mississippi State sitting there, even if we don't win another game, number 12 in the SEC bowl pecking order, which would extend the bowl record streak to 11, and I know we have some self-loathing Mississippi State fans. you be like, well, yeah, we just got one by default. Hey, as long as we go, with the weird year that we've had this year, as long as we get in the dadgum game, that's all I care about. And we've lost the last two bowl games. I don't care where we go or who we play. I just want to end, win the game and end the year on a high note. That's what I want to do. And I think these last two ball games are winnable for Mississippi State. Do I expect us to win them both? Probably not. But you know what? If we win a couple of them, we move up in the bowl pecking order a little bit. So you should expect Mississippi State to be in a bowl game this year. As crazy as that sounds, as bad as we have been at times, we should expect to be in a bowl game. Maybe we go to Birmingham. Maybe we go back to St. Pete. I am fine either way. Again, I just want a winnable game. And I want Mike Leach and these, uh, these Warriors on your football team to end the year on a high note. I think that would be a really cool thing. Give us some momentum going into next year. And just think about the fact that, you know, you find your quarterback, you've got a young nucleus of players that have kind of found a sense of themselves. You sign a top 25 recruiting class, you win the ball game. I think you feel like you've got a pretty good launching pad in the spring. All right, let's talk uh, top 10 list. You know, my bookie's been with us a long time. My bookie wants you to know that uh, they've got some cool things for you this holiday season. Uh, Everybody kind of understands that, um, you know, you need to have a little skin in the game. I think we all understand that. That's part of the deal. That, uh, you know, if if you like to wager on sports, my bookie's the way to go. 
A lot of holiday gift ideas for them. They've got some great specials they're going to have the 22nd through the 26th. You're not even letting us talk about them. you got to sign up and see yourself. So go to my bookie and use promo code BONEYARD to get your skin in the game, and they'll even give you some house money. So they're going to give you 50% of your initial deposit. So let's say, for an example, if you put in 200 bucks, they're going to give you $100 of money to play with. So you'll have $300 to wager rather than two, which is a really cool thing. So right out of the gate, you're winning. You can't just cash right in. You've got to at least bet your money and kind of work through that. Uh, and nothing makes games more exciting than having, uh, you know, having something at stake. And so if you're looking to do that sort of thing, my bookie's the way to go. Again, use promo code BONEYARD because my bookie will make this football season your winning season. And with bowls and playoffs and that stuff coming up, there's going to be plenty of things to wager on. Again, that's my bookie, promo code BONEYARD. Okay, let's talk top ten list. Thought about this on the way home. I've been up a long time. Top ten list today is coming from Journey. I can't believe we haven't done Journey. And if we had, my apologies, we're about to do Journey again. But I'm confident we hadn't done Journey. I do think that the, uh, the new lead singer from Journey, Arnel Pineda, is great. He has incredible range, and he can pull off a lot of the Steve Perry, uh, Steve Perry stuff. Pardon me. But I didn't pick any of those songs. I didn't pick any of the newer stuff from Journey, even though some of it's really good. I didn't pick uh, When You Love a Woman, which I thought was the last great Journey song with Steve Perry. I didn't pick that one. That'll, that'll probably be your honorable mention. But let me run down my top ten list. You may disagree. You may, but you would be wrong. Because these are the top ten Journey songs, without a question. There is absolutely no doubt. Love Journey. Love Steve Perry. I believe he is one of the best rock vocalists of all time. So here we go. Number ten for me off the, I guess it's the Raised on Radio album. Uh, the Girl Can't Help It. And uh, Randy Jackson from American Idol played bass on that album. How cool is that? Number nine, going back a few years, Lovin', Touchin', Squeezin'. Kind of a cool tune. Got a good vibe to it. Number eight, I think one of the more underappreciated songs in a Journey catalog, it's Cinder My Love. I think the vocal on that one is probably, you know, probably kind of a hidden gem of sorts. I thought Steve Perry did a great job on that tune. Uh, number seven is a huge song for them. You know, I think Journey was kind of the maybe ahead of the curve a little bit on the power ballad thing. And, and when you've got a guy that can sing like Steve Perry, it makes sense to do some things where you can kind of extenuate his, um, you know, his vocal range. And I thought this is one too faithfully. And it's uh, he talks about you know loving a music man ain't always what it's supposed to be. You know, it's all you know glamour and lights and that sort of stuff. But it's a ton of time on the road, and uh, it's a cool track. A lot of people have used that as their song. A lot of couples have used that as their song, faithfully. Number six, another one that I, it had some good radio play, you know, in the early to mid-'80s, but uh, I, I don't know that it is fully appreciated or celebrated in these days, but it's Who's Crying Now. Number five, I heard this song last night. I, I spent the night in Hattiesburg at a dear friend's house, and I uh, had to go out to the car about 11 o'clock, you forgot the phone charger. I had to go back out there and get that. And uh, I walk out the door, and I hear a, a young lady's voice. And the first thing that I think is, oh, my gosh, I hope nothing's wrong. And then you have that feeling. It's like, man, I don't want to be part of any drama. I don't, I don't want to witness anything. I don't want to have to give a statement. Uh, but you do all that. And then I, then I realized that, that it wasn't somebody in distress. And so as I got closer to the end of the driveway, I heard these young people singing. They were singing Journey which is what gave me the idea for this. And there's all these young people, have no idea how many they were. There were a couple of houses down, and it was after 10 o'clock. And uh, I'm grateful, and I hope that nobody called the police. I mean, I really do. With all the craziness out there, you know, there's always somebody that's like, hey, there's, uh, there's more than nine people here at this uh, picnic, you know. But they were singing the song, Lights. And it did my heart good, man. I was like, and, and I, I kind of sat out there for a while, at the end of the driveway and just kind of listened and let them finish and uh they were singing with such conviction and it reminded me that uh you know young people that's where that they sustain us a lot of times and i think you know here's a song that, that was released before these people were born i'm sure i did i didn't go you know, i didn't see anybody i just heard them singing and i thought you know what how cool is this man how cool is this that we're celebrating rock out here in hattiesburg mississippi 11 o'clock at night 
and uh, they're all singing this thing a cappella. And I thought, you know what? I have heard a lot of renditions of this song, but it just kind of hit me in the right place at the right time. And I said, you know what? So to you young people, if you're out there, if you were part of that little uh, you know, impromptu choral presentation out there in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, thanks, man. It was really, really cool. So that's your number five song, Lights. Number four, the best journey ballad in my mind by far. And I've heard so many people talk about this. I mean, we've all been there at some point, you know, when you have a relationship that kind of goes south and, and you're, you're eager to reconcile. It's open arms. Great tune. I think it really showed Steve Perry off. I think that's some people realize Steve Perry was more than a rock singer. It's when open arms hit the radio waves. Number three, and I, th- I think these final three, because I, I like the bangers. You know what I mean? As much as I love the ballads, I'm a rock guy, man. That's why I got long hair. Number three for me is any way you want it. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Uh, if you're a fan of the show Big Bang Theory, Sheldon and then uh, Leonard's mother did a great rendition of this on Rock Band as part of the show. Really kind of silly. But it's a great tune and probably probably the one, you know, when you put on, it's like a volume puncher. You know what I'm saying? It's like as soon as that song comes on and you, and you hear Neil Sean's opening riff on that, you, you kind of want to reach for the knob. The song still holds up even today. I know what many of you are thinking. You're going to say, I know what number one's going to be, and you're wrong. You're wrong. And I know many of you went out and got shirts printed and that sort of stuff, and, you know, the, it's just a small-town girl and all that. I'm sure you didn't pay any licensing or royalties on that either. But number two is Don't Stop Believing. I know there's some people, some Mississippi State fans that want us to tank that song. I think it's silly to feel that passionately about a song, negatively about it. Listen, it's been a cool thing. And I know that Dan Mullen rolled that in, and I think it's a cool thing. And I love the fact that uh, at night games, everybody gets their phones out, and you can look around Davis Wade Stadium when it's packed, and it's incredible. I miss the times when we have capacity crowds at Davis Wade, and I look forward to maybe next year uh, that returning. But uh, Don't Stop Believing is number two. So now some of you casual fans of Journey are thinking, hmm, what's number one? Those of you that know Journey know exactly what's number one. It is probably the heaviest song in the catalog. And when it came out, it was, uh, it was kind of a departure from some of the things they had done early on in their career. And I think really announced them as more than just a radio pop band. I mean, it was a lot of pop rock back then. I think when people heard Separate Ways, they said, man, these guys are legit. And they absolutely were legit. The video is very cheesy and corny, and they do some air guitar and air keyboards and that sort of stuff. And they got some really bad 80s fashion on. But I'll tell you, Separate Ways is such a great song. Steve, Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. you got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. And that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit 
Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Perry hits those high notes and can hold them. And that's by, I really think that's when he was in his prime. Love that track. You will too. Roy will have the top 10 list up uh, on Spotify sooner rather than later. If you'd like to uh, maybe have some road tunes as you travel to Starkville today. That's your top 10 list. If you have a suggestion for the top 10 list, reach out, let me know. I'll be happy to do it. Might just do it on the show. But I'll, I respond to all those. And sometimes people message me and I don't respond for a few days. It, it's not that I'm ignoring you. I just don't want to open it and read it and then miss the notifications. When I scroll back to it, I'll see what you suggested. A lot of people love those rock cover shows, and maybe we'll do one of those. Uh, I listen to, uh, you know, I'm a big Ronnie James Dio fan. I think Ronnie James James Dio from, uh, you know, Black Sabbath and Rainbow, and then Dio, of course, was probably the best vocalist of the 80s in 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 the harder rock genre. And Killswitch Engage did a great rendition of Holy Diver. And uh, as much as I love the Ronnie James version, I, I, it's hard for me not to kind of bang my head a little bit when I hear that Killswitch uh, version. So if you like rock covers, go back and listen to the original Holy Diver and then go listen to that great rendition, man, from Killswitch Engage. And maybe we'll do another rock covers here um, another week or so. People, I mean, I get more requests for that than anything, honestly. At least once or twice a week, I got somebody say, hey, do another, do another cover show, regardless of genre. Do another one, you know, pick another. And maybe we do it by decades. I don't know, because there's so many great covers out there. You know, there's some of our best songs ever are cover songs. People forget, you know, that Hound Dog by Elvis Presley, cover song. Respect by Rita Franklin, cover song. You know, and so there's a lot of depth in that topic and so we'll explore some of that and uh, you guys know me well enough to know while I'm a rocker at heart man I love all music I respect all of it and uh, I dig it man if it's good I want to hear it and uh, yeah listen some of the country stuff is real cheesy to me most of the country stuff is real cheesy to me but there's some really good songwriters out there and so we'll do another country show I get some of that stuff too it's today Steve you've done maybe one or two country lists can we get another one I'll work on that for you next week all right Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in college football in the SEC uh, this weekend. You guys are well aware that, uh, you know, we're reaching the end of the regular season. And, you know, we should be done by now. That's what's so weird is, you know, the Egg Bowl is always the finale. And then here we are still with two games to play, you know, and, and should have had three games to play. You know, it's, I mean, we get the extra off week. I mean, you understand what I'm saying. It's like it is we have pushed this thing and pushed this thing and pushed this thing. All right, so your early games, and many of you will be able to listen to the show as those games are being played. Uh, Georgia is at Mizzou. Georgia will win that game. Uh, really like Georgia with JT Daniels, and again, it makes you wonder what they would have been if he'd have been healthy the whole year. Georgia will take down Mizzou, but uh, listen, Eli Drinkwitz might be the SEC coach of the year. You know, early on, it seemed like Sam Pittman would be. Eli Drinkwitz got his team at 5-3 and three right now with a chance to have a winning record. I don't think anybody expected that. They'll be in Starkville next weekend. Alabama's at Arkansas. Arkansas has really struggled here as of late. They're now 3-6. and six. They beat State and Ole Miss early in the year. Gave Georgia a bunch of trouble. They will not give Alabama any trouble, though. And Arkansas, of course, kind of been ravaged with COVID later in the year. Uh, even Sam Pippen himself got it. 
Uh, Tennessee is at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's 0-8 this year. They're not going to beat Tennessee. Tennessee has lost six in a row. They'll win today. But, man, what a mess in Tennessee. What a mess. They go out and hire Jeremy Pruitt, which a lot of people thought was a questionable hire, but he had the Alabama pedigree. He has not done well. They had a good closing at the end of the year last year. They have not done good this year. Uh, I think Jeremy Pruitt's probably a year away from probably getting fired. Vanderbilt, of course, uh, looking for a coach now. No real candidates that I've you know, heard kind of in the back channels. I hadn't worked on that either. But, um, you know, the Vanderbilt thing, it's so funny too. I see these people saying, oh, there's going to be a lot of interest in the Vanderbilt job. No, there's not. Not not from anybody substantial. I mean, yeah, there'd be a lot of G5 people, but that, that is a bad job. That is a career killer. But if you can go in there and cash in and make a few million dollars, maybe it's worth it. But that that, that is not a job that will – extend your career i mean james franklin is the exception rather than the rule he goes in and wins at a place that you don't win at and of course somebody's going to hire him away and i remember when that happened some people thinking oh he's going to stay at vanderbilt there is no way that guy stays at vanderbilt he's winning there and proved his worth and now penn state's kind of uh, struggling a little bit but uh again james franklin's really the only guy that's been able to kind of parlay an opportunity at vanderbilt in the modern era into a better opportunity all right, so LSU is at Florida, and we talk about a mess. My word, what is happening at LSU. You, you guys have heard some of this, that uh, LSU as a university reportedly turned over 60 complaints of sexual assault on campus. Now, not all those are limited to football. They're not, not all linked to the football program. But there is a culture issue at LSU. And listen, here's the thing, too. Uh, that's not just germane to LSU. A lot of this happens on every college campus, but I don't know that it happens to this extent. And then you have so many people, too, that find out that, uh, you know, the administrators there reportedly were had knowledge of some of this stuff and elected not to do anything about it. And you talk about, you know, cultish-type behavior. The one thing that I think everybody in this country can unite behind is probably two things, really is violence against children. I think no, there aren't any fans of that. There is no pro to any of that. And then there is violence against women. And especially when it comes to you know, taking advantage of young ladies that have had alcohol or whatever, I mean, forcible rape, that sort of stuff. It is That is very heavy stuff. And uh, there really is no defense for it. I know a lot of people would say, well, you know, you got to hear both sides of the story. And, and that's true. But if you've got 60 complaints of sexual assault, I mean, oh my gosh, I can't even begin to imagine. On top of that, LSU has a losing season. They have had a ton of people leave, coaches, players. We expected them to take a dip. It's been worse than we ever imagined. And then you've got now the NCAA uh, probation that's looming. They've already self-imposed some sanctions, and people do that when they're guilty. They kind of get out ahead of the game. Didn't work as well for Ole Miss, and they self-imposed some things and still got hit with more, including a second-year bowl ban. I don't know all the allegations against LSU. I haven't seen that notice of allegations. But um, when you begin to kind of wrap all this thing together, you have the Title IX issues, you have the NCAA issues, you've got the roster issues, and you've got eroding support in the fan base. I had an LSU donor yesterday over breakfast tell me Ed Orgeron is finished at season's end. He is finished. And I think it's one of those things where they realized they had the perfect storm last year. And this Ed Orgeron that we're seeing now uh, is going to probably pay the price for all the problems. He will probably be the guy. Not necessarily say that he was a scapegoat, because if reports are true, he was a guy that had some knowledge of these things and then uh, did not act upon them. And so, again, if those things are true – I could see them making a move to fire Ed Orgeron for cause. Uh, Ole Miss and A&M postponed. Don't know if that game is going to get played or not. I think it should. I'd like to see it played. But if we're, if we're going to do the bowl game thing, and you know, Ole Miss will also go to a bowl game for the first time since 15 this year, uh, I don't know how that works. I don't know if you squeeze that game in. It doesn't really affect anything. I mean, you know, Ole Miss and A&M both are expected to go to bowl games. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, a&M 7-1, Ole Miss is 4-4, four and four, and so it's not like they're going to uh, – that Ole Miss would leapfrog A&M. You know, A&M could end up in the, in the New Year's Six. And so there's not a lot of value in playing this game other than the fact that we all want A&M to beat Ole Miss. Uh, maybe it's because we couldn't do it. But uh, be that as it may, 
that game's not going to be played. I, they say postponed. I think we all believe it's going to be canceled. I really think next weekend will be the last weekend of the regular season in the Southeastern Conference. All right, so uh, let me remind you guys, too, Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors of the show, great people, man. Stan the Man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, everybody there, wonderful people, wonderful people. They love you. They love Mississippi State. They do their best to go procure Mississippi State merchandise that you'll find of interest because you want to give gifts to your friends and family. Many of you have kind of waited the last minute. You're kind of up against it. You're probably going to have to depend on online shopping, right? You're not going to be able to make it to Starkville anytime soon. Uh, so let me encourage you, visit them at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. All right, so what should we expect from uh, Auburn? And then I'll t- give you my prediction for the Mississippi State-Auburn game. I'm, I'm eager to get to the game. It's one of those things, too. We've had pretty good weather all week, and now all of a sudden – you know, it's been kind of rainy today. I don't know how long that persists. I'm not a meteorologist. But I do think that there is uh, you know, there is some rain still in the forecast. We've had some this morning. It is kind of cool. Uh, it is not raining right now as I record this. But, um, you know, let's look at what Auburn's got going on, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about them. You know, Bo Nix, of course, a lot of people expected him to, um, you know, to kind of come in and galvanize the program. That hadn't happened yet. He's still a young guy. Uh, and that's one of the reasons that uh, Joey Gatewood uh, transferred to Kentucky. But uh, he has been a bit erratic at times, and it's generally been on the road. He's played pretty well at home, and uh, that's not you know something that's unique to Bo Nix. Everybody plays a little bit better at home uh, when the crowd is cheering for you rather than cheering against you. Don't know how many Mississippi State fans will be there today, but uh, Bo Nix, we need him to help us a little bit, Right. Let's just be honest. That's just kind of how it all looks. We, we're going to – I don't think Auburn's that much better than us because I think if, if we're all honest with ourselves, the SEC officiating gave Auburn the win against Arkansas and for all intents and purposes gave Auburn the win against Ole Miss. I know some people that, that hate Ole Miss, maybe even more than I do, It said, oh, no, the, the Auburn returner didn't touch the football. But he did. I mean, I, I – we saw it. I think Ole Miss got screwed in the deal. And while I may take a little glee in the fact that um, they did get screwed there, I mean, if we're, if we're being fair about it, if we're really judging this Auburn team based on their merits, you know, they're two officiating calls away from being three and six rather than five and four. Those things still happen. There is injustice in life. But this is not a great Auburn team. That's not to say they're not talented. They are, but this is not a great Auburn team. And so if you kind of look at it in that respect, you know, I think this is really a pick'em type game. I think State and, and uh, Auburn are actually very close, much closer than people realize. So let's look at Bo Nix's numbers this year. Uh, through nine games, 174 completions, 283 attempts, seven interceptions, 10 touchdowns. Not a great number, Bob. 61.48% completion percentage and a 91-yard touchdown is a long thrown for 1,998 yards. Not too shabby, not too great. Kind of middle of the road. I think we go out there and force him into uh, some mistakes, and I think that's kind of Zach Arnett's job, number one, is to go out there and hunt the football and to confuse Bo Nix as best we can. I think that everybody will agree, in order for us to win the ball game, we're going to have to force them into some mistakes. Do they lead to turnovers? I don't know. That, that certainly would help. But we can't let Bo Nix just sit back there and get comfortable. Uh, they have some very, very, very talented receivers. Uh, I think Seth Williams might be my favorite receiver in the conference. I, I really do. Love his game. You know, he had the game winner against Ole Miss. Uh, 39 grabs for 631 yards, three touchdowns. The 58-yarder, of course, against Ole Miss uh, was the difference. Anthony Schwartz, a real speedster, wears number one. Leads a team with 49 catches, 604 yards, and three touchdowns, averaging 12.33 yards uh, a reception. He had the 91-yard uh, touchdown. Eli Stove is a guy that has worked pretty well for them. Seems like he's been there forever. 35 grabs, 307 yards, and three touchdowns. So not necessarily prolific numbers, but they have some playmakers out there. So should we have a bust in coverage? And thankfully, we hadn't had a whole lot of those since we inserted Emmanuel Forbes in at the corner opposite Martin Emerson. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line is this, is this is a group, if we let them, can beat us. They have some receivers 
you know, capable of making some plays. I'm eager to see who Martin Emerson draws today. I, I you know, will he be on Seth Williams? Will they scheme us up and try to get their guys paired up on a safety? I'm sure they will because I think Gus Malzahn, in many respects, is probably coaching for his job. They lose this ball game and you're five and five, and again, you're gifted two wins. Um, it's a different dynamic for sure. All right, let's look at things defensively here. I guess before we do that, we'd be remiss if we didn't look at running backs. You know, I haven't been overly impressed with the Auburn running game, but Tank Bigsby is a really good player. Number four, he is their leading rusher. 112 carries for 662 yards, I guess a net of 642, uh, averaging 71 yards a game. When Gus Malzahn and his team have been excellent, it's when they have been able to run to kind of set up the pass. I transcribed Gus Malzahn's interview earlier this week, and Gus said, we've got to be able to run the football. Okay, this is not a great Auburn running team, but it is kind of in their DNA. They used Bo Nick some, and he is a plus runner. 332 yards this year, six touchdowns. They're going to do some zone read stuff. They're going to do some design quarterback runs uh, just to kind of keep us honest as what they do. So I suspect we'll see Auburn try to come out and establish the run. I think that first drive, they'll come out and script some plays and, you know, throw some bubbles and try to get South Williams involved, and, and then they're going to try to run the football. Uh, but, again, this has not been necessarily a prolific running team this year, just 1,509 yards on the year. In fact, Auburn is being outrushed by opponents who have rushed for 1,612 yards this year. And so that is not typical of a Gus Malzahn team. Uh, I, I fully expect they'll try to come out and establish the run to kind of see how we're going to uh, attack them passing-wise and, and Bo Nix. I think they're going to want to see how we defend certain things before they kind of get into flow of their offense. Uh, Jacoby McLean leads Auburn in, touch, in uh, tackles with 94, an impressive number. Those are all SEC caliber numbers for sure. You know, what does that mean long-term for this defense? I don't really know. But uh, they lost a ton of players last year. That doesn't mean they're devoid of talent. Uh, Jacoby, a junior from Valdosta, Georgia, has been very productive this year and really in every game. You know, he hadn't been one of those guys that's, you know, had the big, you know, 15-tackle game. It kind of skews the stats a little bit. Uh, had a season-high tackles eight against Texas A&M. But uh, he has been very solid and is a guy, too, that um, – Kind of gets after the passer a little bit, too. They like to bring him. Uh, he's only had, I guess, three sacks on the year, but he is a guy that has had some quarterback hurries and that sort of stuff, too. So he is a name and number to remember. That's number nine on the Auburn defense. Uh, Jamie and Sherwood, another guy that uh, has played pretty well for them. Three pass breakups, a quarterback hurry, a fumble recovery, always around the football. This is also an Auburn team that has kind of struggled to generate some pass rush. Uh, it has been up and down a little bit. 19 sacks this year. They've also allowed 19 sacks. But they don't have that one guy you look at and say, okay, we have got to go find this guy uh, in the in the pre-snap read. And I would say McLean is probably the closest to that. Colby Wooden, of course, uh, with three sacks as well, five quarterback hurries. Probably need to find him too. That's uh, number 25. But they don't just have that guy that you look at and say, okay, this is the guy that can take over a game and beat us. Uh, Kobe Wooden playing the buck position there as a redshirt freshman out of Lawrenceville, Georgia, Archer High School product there. So, uh, and I don't know if you know this, K.J. Britt uh, has officially opted out, and a lot of people saw that, but he has not played in, in two games this year. He's been a little bit banged up. Uh, so it's not a new experience. They've already kind of grown accustomed to playing without him. So that will not have a major impact on today's game. He is a very, very talented player, and they had a lot of expectations for him, uh, but he is done for the season. All right, uh, looking at uh, the secondary here, I mentioned uh, Colby Wooden, what a good job that he has done uh, there playing at the uh, Buck linebacker position. Uh, Big Cat Bryant. And how cool is it to see Big Cat? He is, uh, he is a defensive end prospect that's batted down a lot of passes, uh, number one. And, again, one of those guys, too, that seems like he's been around for a little while. Not a ton of tackles this year, but uh, is a guy that's been able to get his hand up and, uh, and bat some balls down. Uh, I'm eager to see how the secondary plays. And that's one of the things that Gus Malzahn said is that uh, they don't have a lot of depth. And considering how much we throw it, you got to rotate a lot with uh, your secondary. Uh, Roger McCreary is a guy that's had a big year for them. 
Uh, nine games played, 41 tackles, a couple of interceptions, four pass breakups, and a forced fumble. Uh, also, seven tackles for loss. So he's a guy they like to move around a lot. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't think that this is a, uh, an Auburn team that is incapable of beating Mississippi State. I also don't think it's a team that Mississippi State should fear. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Mississippi State to win the game. And call it a homer pick if you want. I think we've had two weeks to get ready. And they're a team that is kind of finding, you know, the sledding a little more difficult here down the stretch. And that's one of the things when you look at this Auburn team, I think everybody kind of, everybody figured expectations would be somewhat tempered this year because of the fact that, um, you know, they'd lost so much in that front seven a year ago. You know, uh, Davidson, of course, and Derek Brown, all great players. But they beat Kentucky in week one, who um, a lot of people, for some reason, I don't know, I don't know who works in media relations at, at Kentucky that does such a great job promoting Kentucky, but there's a lot of people that every year talk about this is a year for Kentucky. I, I didn't see it, and uh, I'm happy to have been right about that. I wish we would have won the dadgum football game, though. But Auburn beats Kentucky, and for some reason that raised some eyebrows because Kentucky was so artificially hyped up. They lose at Georgia, not a big surprise, but then they beat Arkansas. And uh, everybody's okay, well, they're kind of back on, on schedule. And then they lose at South Carolina, and that's when we knew things were a mess. And then they, they're gifted that game against Ole Miss and uh, in Oxford, no doubt. And they kind of get back on track, and then they absolutely destroy LSU. And everybody said, okay, well, Bo Nix has got it figured out. 48-11 to 11 is your score there. They bounce back the next week at home and take down uh, Tennessee 30-17. to 17, And they're on the road in Tuscaloosa. They get blasted 42-13. And then they lose at Auburn to A&M 31-20. So they lost two games in a row. But, again, you go back and look at the schedule. You know, it's been a feast or famine year for them. Either they have lost games that they – arguably should have won and then they've been gifted a couple games that they should have lost and so it's tough to get a real good read on this Auburn team other than to say they're really mediocre they're a very mediocre team and you look at how well we played in recent weeks I think that's a good recipe for Mississippi State we just got to go out and play our ball game we just got to go out and play our game and uh, you know again road games for them let's run down the road games you lose at Georgia you lose at South Carolina. You're gifted to win at Ole Miss. And then you lose at Tuscaloosa. So, you know, conceivably, Auburn has, is, should be 0-4 on the road this year. They should be. And that should give Mississippi State fans some hope. It does for me. All right, speaking of hope, if you're hoping to move to Starkville or looking to relocate within Starkville, give our friends at Portico a chance to serve you. Portico Great people. Uh, you guys are well aware of the fact that Brooks Bryan's involved with that project. Brooks Bryan, uh, Diamond Dog player, had some big moments for us, man. And that's I love doing business with Bulldogs. You should, too. Uh, the Portico development is located right off Garrett Road uh, behind the uh, Hilton Garden Inn and the Cryford Jeep dealership just over a mile from campus. Easy access to both Highway 82 and 25. It'll be 51 houses total in the development with 18 houses in the first phase nearing completion. 33 houses in the second phase. It'll begin early next year. Houses will range from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet, from two-bedroom, two-bath, up to four-bedroom, four-bath. Portico includes a walking trail and a pavilion area. I guess if you're looking to kind of get out and enjoy a walk or a cookout or whatever, you've got the opportunity to do that. Uh, Brooks is a guy that uh, you can talk to to get more information. I would encourage you to do so. He will tell you all about his great moments at Mississippi State, and uh, chances are he might even do it uh, before you even ask about baseball i mean he's really proud of it and i'm proud of him proud to call him a friend you can reach brooks at 601-416-8075 again that's 601-416-8075 okay so we're back on monday and i told you guys i'm signing books today at the lodge from noon to four and then noon to three tomorrow at the book martin cafe downtown uh, i'll get with you guys on monday and kind of let you know but here's the deal if you can't make it to a book signing and uh, listen, we've had some great signings, but there are a lot of people that are calling in their orders or when we've had a big spike in online orders because it is Christmas and a lot of people just don't want to get out. You don't have to do that. I know you'd love to come see me and hug my neck and get a picture and all that. And I love to do that stuff too, but everybody's being a little more cautious these days, including me. And I've been on the road a lot. And uh, it's one of the things that I question myself about a lot is do I really want to put myself out there at risk? 
Uh, the truth of the matter is, I think I either have a natural antibody to, to COVID or I had it early on and uh, have been okay. But, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of what we do. But if you're looking to grab books, go to Alpha Dogs to Book. That's Alpha, D-A-W-G-S, to book.com. You can get Alpha Dogs there. You can get Flim Flam there. You can get Stark Villains there. I'll personalize them, write whatever you want. And sometime soon, we're going to have some more information about that little project I'm working on. Also finalized the deal this past week for the uh, book of poetry. Some of you were surprised by that. You didn't know that I was a poet. I am. And so I'll publish uh, a book of poetry in the spring. And that's something I'm, I'm going to be committing a lot of time to once we get through signing day and once we get to the end of the regular season. So after next week, I'll be committing a little more time to that. It's not going to disrupt your programming here at the Boneyard. Um, but I'll be getting that stuff finished up in uh, hopes of having that on the market in the spring. That'll be book number four, a little different to what I've done in the past. And so I look forward to you guys having that. And uh, at some point on Sunday, I will do an I Am Steve R episode. So if you've been looking for that, I'm going to talk a little bit about some, uh, some things that uh, are important to me. So if you're in recovery or you know someone that is, uh, find the show, I Am Steve R. It's on my Facebook. And for some reason, if you're looking on your Apple podcast, like if you're searching for it, for some reason, i got to go get this fixed. Look for Gene's page, like jeanspage.com, and then the show is there. If you put in my name for some reason, it's a fuzzy search. But if you put in jeanspage.com, it will take you to I Am Steve R. And, of course, I share these things on social media. It's very important to me uh, to kind of give back. There's so many people when I first got into the program uh, years ago that gave to me so selflessly and uh, didn't know much about me at all. And I'm so grateful to be sober today. I'm grateful to be clean. I'm grateful for the life that I've been able to live uh, because I was given a second chance. And there are a lot of people out there that are given a second chance and don't take advantage of it. And I'm not here to sit in judgment of them. But the graveyard is filled with a lot of those people. And so I have done my best to make the most of this thing. And if you are one of those people that have struggled with chemical dependency or struggling with it now, understand it ends when you're ready. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, as Stephen Tower says so many times, you can fix it today. You can change today. And uh, one thing that I shared on I Am Steve R is when I got ready for help, because you, know, you begin to think to yourself that you're so isolated and you're free from everybody else and that nobody cares and you're just kind of out there free falling in space, but that's not true. When I reached for those that loved me, they weren't even at arm's length. They were just waiting for me to make a move. As I reached for them, I had about a hundred hands grabbing me, pulling me along. And so you're probably in that same situation because you feel like you're isolated, you feel like nobody cares, but let me tell you, they do care. They do care, and they want you back. They really, really do. And I am so grateful to God today to have 29 years and two days of sobriety, and uh, I look forward to celebrating that day with my Mississippi State family today uh, at the Lodge and then at Davis Wade Stadium. And I hope that we can all celebrate a win uh, tonight. We'll be back on Monday. Look forward to being part of your lives and uh, your day. And it should be a good schedule next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I don't, I don't think I've got any reason to think that. And I do want to apologize, too. I should have just taken my stuff with me. Again, the initial plan was to just spend Friday night and work my way back. And I got down there, and I thought, man, I didn't plan this thing out very well. There's no point driving from Starkville to Meridian and then back to Starkville then back to Meridian to get to Columbia the next day. And so blame me. So I apologize uh, for those of you that listened to me on the Friday commute home that you didn't get to do it then. I do apologize. I will do better in the future. But I've had so many things going on and kind of pulled me in the wrong direction. I was bound to make a mistake at some point. Here it is. But I promised you three shows this week. Here is your third show. And I didn't skimp on the show either, right? I didn't give you a 20-minute show and called it a show and considered the whole thing done. I wanted to give you what I promised you. Uh, and so here we are. I hope that all of you uh, are healthy. And I hope that you are happy. And I hope you're looking forward to holiday season. Uh, you know, filled with uh, with joy, whether you can be with your family or not. Again, in these uncertain times, and we, we say that all the time, it's become such cliche. I have really found value in the day-to-day -day conversations with those that I love. And we have a little family chat. And the first thing that I do every morning here as of late is kind of reach out and ask, what's the wellness check? How's everybody feeling? What's going on? And um, I have begun to do that with more of my extended family too. And it has really brought me closer to them. And uh, I would encourage you to do the same. There, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I give John Lennon credit for it. He said, all you need is love. 
And uh, when you get down to the end of it, man, you know, we, none of us were born to live in isolation. We were not born to be apart. We were born to be together. And uh, it helps to have people that love you. And the people that I love, I am making more of an effort to ensure that they know that. Hadn't always been the case. And I know that I'm probably a difficult person to love at times. I can be a little prickly. I'm always on the run. I'm always busy. And there are people that I love that probably think that they're not important to me. But they are. And so that's one of the things this year that I have learned is that uh, I've got to do a better job kind of letting people know. I can't just let them take for granted that I love them. I've got to remind them that I love them. And I love all of you. And I love your families. And I hope that you have a great holiday season. I look forward to being back with you on Monday. And uh, excited about tonight. And I, I hope that we all go home happy. But until next time. Let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.